Financial Grown-Up Guide, Four Ways to Increase Your Net Worth in 2020 with Norm Champ, author of Master Your Money, How to Beat Debt, Build Wealth, and Be Prepared for Any Financial Crisis. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Hey friends, who doesn't want to have more money? The truth is we all do, but sometimes we don't know where to start. What can we do differently? And what about if you kind of know you were spending more than you ideally should, but you have to live your life, right? And you can only cut back so much. So we are in for a treat. I got a chance to interview someone I have admired for quite some time. He is super smart, but he's able to explain money strategies in ways that make sense and are accessible, and also in a way that you will actually act on those ideas. Norm Champ is definitely one of the good guys, in addition to the fact that he's currently a senior partner at the Investment Funds Group at Kirkland & Ellis. Before that, he was the director of the Division of Investment Management at the SEC. Under his leadership, the SEC adopted a new rule to reform money market mutual funds. It was a big deal, guys. Now he is out with a new book, Mastering Your Money, How to Beat Debt, Build Wealth, and Be Prepared for Any Financial Crisis, something we can all definitely use. And just for our financial grown-up audience, I asked Norm to share his best four strategies to grow our net worth this year. Listen closely. Here is Norm Champ. Norm Champ, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Congratulations on your book, Mastering Your Money, How to Beat Debt, Build Wealth, and Be Prepared for Any Financial Crisis. And by the way, this is a follow-up to your previous book, which was a bestseller, Going Public, My Adventures Inside the SEC and How to Prevent the Next Devastating Crisis. So congratulations on your next effort, your future bestseller. Oh, thanks so much. It was really fun to do another one. And we're going to talk more about the specifics of the book, but first I want to get to these four ways to increase your net worth in 2020 that you have brought to us for this Financial Grown-Up Guide episode. One whole chapter, before we get into the four, one whole chapter of your book is actually becoming a net worth warrior. Exactly. And so much of what's in the book is really basic financial literacy and financial planning kind of ideas. Unfortunately, those ideas have really gotten lost amidst the consumer society. And we don't really give messages to people about financial literacy and how to build your net worth. So the whole idea of the book is to get some real concrete tips on how to build net worth. Before we get into your four ways that you brought to increase your net worth in 2020, let's just explain what exactly is your net worth? How do you calculate that? Because people kind of think they have an idea of what that is, but they may not know exactly how that is calculated, what's included and what's not. The way to calculate your net worth is to make a balance sheet, just like a business would. On the left-hand side, you list your assets. That's everything that you own, including things you own with debt. So home, car, savings account, securities account, your 401k, any other retirement accounts. So all the assets on the left side. Then on the right-hand side, you put all of your liabilities, your mortgage, any other debt that you have, anything else where you 
owe money and, and it subtracts from the asset side. So then you total up the left side, all your assets, you subtract, you total up the right hand side, the liabilities, you subtract that. And then the resulting number is your net worth. So what we're trying to do is build up that left hand side, build up the assets and cut down on the right hand side, cut down on the debt so that you can increase your net worth. Great. And it takes patience and it takes a lot of, frankly, being intentional. So we're going to go through these steps that you can take. And again, this is, you know, lifetime goals. This isn't something that's just going to happen overnight, but you have to start now. So the first thing that you talk about is cutting spending. And this isn't just about, you know, don't have those lattes. You talk about finding your inner governor. What does that mean? We're not, that's not a political statement. No, and exactly. It's a joke in the book. It's not finding the politician running your state. So essentially, we are living in a consumer society. You hear that all the time. What that means is our economy right now is primarily driven by consumer spending. I'm not so much of an unrealistic person to think we're going to stop that. However, consumer spending is not each person's friend when it comes to building their net worth. So I love your point about intentionality. You need to be intentional to reduce the spending side because until you get the spending under control, any idea of getting out of debt and any idea of building net worth is a pretty distant goal. One of the things to talk about in the book is the subscription service mentality that we're in. Right. You say think before you click. Think before you click. Every time you're on your phone, and literally, I mean, it's gotten to be to absurd levels. Every time you download an app, oh, just open an account, have a free trial, and then, you know, you can always cancel. Well, human behavior and studies have shown people don't cancel. And I think the site in the book is, you know, people have nine apps that they don't use and that they're still being charged for. It's the average is something like that. So it's just an example of how the consumer society gets you to spend. And if we're going to get into positive net worth territory, we've got to get spending down. The apps are an easy one. You know, the latte one is funny because you hear that all the time. I'm actually not a huge believer in that. If you want to get a cup of coffee, I would get a cup of coffee. But I mean, it's meant to be a metaphor. Exactly. And I think you want to be very, very conscious of every message in our society is to buy. And I think some of the best learning on this ever is, is the thought of, listen, what do I really need? There's a great principle of, hey, you could buy the 72-inch TV and, and do it on a layaway plan and all these other things. But do you really need that TV? Is your current 62-inch TV okay? And starting to really think through, do I need to buy these things? Here's a, another great example. This one I didn't learn about until after I did the book. Almost a majority of Americans who have a car loan owe more on the car than the car is worth, mostly by two to one. So around 40000 in debt on cars that are worth around 20000 Yeah, you, You're asking, how can that possibly be? It's because as you trade in cars and you get different ones, the debt keeps going up and you're never making any progress, right? Right. So the whole cutting spending side has to be the first principle. That's what we start out in the book with because you've got to get a control of that side if you want to get to net worth. Right. And I think you make a good point about layaway plans. People are taking longer and longer loans for cars. And that's why those car loans are getting a lot more attention. It's something we've covered actually on my other podcast, Money with Friends. We've done a bunch of episodes about how that consumer behavior towards cars and car buying is evolving. Let's get to number two. And that is kind of the flip side. The sister to the spending is pay down your debt. 
Debt has to be, if I want to single out one thing, it's the single most corrosive thing going on in our society. This is from the very top of the country all the way down, right? So we are now running massive deficits at the top level, at the government level. We have had low interest rates, although somewhat better return to more normal rates now, but we had zero interest rates for almost the entire Obama administration. So the whole society has moved towards debt. The problem with debt is that people keep incurring it for the spending we were talking about, and they're always incurring new debt, and they're not paying off the old debt. And so that's how you end up with these balances rising up. And so it's very important to think about you know, think super carefully about debt. Debt, I quote, you know, it's Benjamin Franklin in the book. Yes, I love that quote. Right. I, I mean, was about to mention it's that. It's just debt gives someone else power over you. And if you want to make it to be a net worth warrior, if you want to get there, you've got to get out of debt. And so it's a correlate to the first principle, right? You've got to cut down on the spending so you can devote that money to paying down debt. And the goal should be to get out of debt. And one of the biggest ones, which I devote an entire chapter to, is home buying. So our government and our society continue to press home buying as a route to wealth. The only problem with that is talk to all those people that were were closed on in 2009 and 2010. They're not going to tell you that home buying was a path to wealth. Before you buy a home, it's a financial decision just like any other. And it's the number one debt, typically the biggest debt anyone, any U.S. citizens take on in their life is their home debt. Make sure that you do that with an appropriate down payment and you're really intentional about what you're doing. As I say in the book, everyone says rent is a waste of money. Well, in a mortgage, all you're doing is renting that money from the bank. So we got to get real on the things we're spending and going into debt for and get that debt down. And it is tough, right? It's always easier to do the new spending than pay off the old, but it's a critical part of building net worth. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Okay, the third way to increase your net worth, you talk about taking advantage of a 401k, and that really goes, you know, in your book, you talk about the tax-free investing. You have a whole chapter on that. Exactly. So you know something is good if the government is trying to get at it. So remember that the Obama administration proposed taxing people's 529 college savings plans. Uh, That quickly died a political death. But the 529s, the 401ks, IRAs, these are all the rare gifts of the tax code. Generally, the tax code takes from you. These accounts allow you to grow money tax-free. Now, whether it's a Roth or traditional, you know, has different tax impacts. But either way, you are allowed to grow your money in those accounts tax-free. There's no better way to build net worth than to take advantage of those tax-free accounts. And right. they are part of your net worth. Don't think of them as retirement accounts. Think of them as part of your net worth. And if you get, you should max your contribution to them and max any employer contribution to them. Right. And don't exactly, the employer contribution is very important. Um, Let's explain that. You can basically get in some cases as much as a hundred percent return on whatever part the employer is matching, which is a better return than you're going to get in almost any mainstream investment, right? As I say in the book, it's free money. And anytime they offer you free money, there's the old saying, when they offer you, when they hand you money, take it. I mean, you know, when you get the chance to get free money from your employer in your 401k, you have to take it. And on, unfortunately, statistics show low participation rates in 401k and then low participation with the match. And that's just free money that people are leaving on the table. And to your point, your return on that money is 100% because it's just free to you. And then secondly, once you have it in your account, 
and it grows tax-free, then you get a compounding effect of that. And particularly for young people, but even if, you know, even later in life, you're talking decades of investing in tax-free and compounding in that account. There's nothing more valuable. And I just urge people to think of those accounts as part of their net worth, not as retirement accounts. They are part of your net worth. Right. And the fourth way to increase your net worth in 2020 that you want to talk about is the actual investing component. And you say in the book that if you can read, you can manage your portfolio. A lot of people are intimidated. It's important also to understand that the vehicle we just talked about, the vehicles are buckets effectively. You don't just put money into a 401k. You then have to invest it. It has to go somewhere. And those are choices that you have to make. You can't just put it there or it's basically like stuffing it under a mattress. Yes, you're getting the tax savings in the match, but then it has to go somewhere. Exactly. And this point about investing, if if I think of my time in the U.S. government at the Securities Exchange Commission, this had to be the most dramatic thing I learned there, which is you see headlines about the SEC working on, you know, big cases around big financial firms and all that kind of stuff. But the vast majority, those cases are a teeny little percentage. The vast majority of what the SEC works on is something called affinity fraud. This is where someone in your church group, someone in your community group, someone in your friend group, you unfortunately, people turn money over to them and that money typically gets stolen. And the reason for this is that people are scared of investing. To your point, they just don't know what to do with it, don't know where to go with it. Oh, the nice young man in my church group said he would handle it. And of course, the money's never seen again. And so one of the basic points that I want to make that I make in the book is until you get to, I just picked half a million dollars, but you know, there's no magic number. But until you get to significant net worth, there's no reason to do anything other than divide your money between stocks and bonds in mutual funds. Mutual funds are low cost. They're regulated very closely by the federal government. We have never had a mutual fund, you know, failure that cost anyone money. It doesn't mean the investments are going to go up, but they are heavily regulated. They are intended for the retail investor, and they've become very cheap. If you look at the cost ratios, they've gotten incredibly cheap as far as fees. So what are, my real point on this is don't be afraid because it's the fear of investing that leads people to the scam artists, the affinity frauds. And so don't be afraid. Do the simple formula that I have in the book of a split between stocks and bonds. Go into your 401k or your taxable account. You're absolutely right. These are just buckets of money, taxable and non-taxable. Go in there and get your asset allocation set up and then forget about it. You know, it's not, you're not going to trade, you're a busy person, you, you're hiring those mutual fund managers to do it for you and it's a very safe way to invest. Again, it doesn't mean you're going to make money. However, over the long term, I just was reading an article, over the long term, stocks remain at about an 11% return per year. There's obviously big ups and downs in that. The key is to stay in these funds and let them reinvest and let them ride out over time. And on a long-term average, you're going to make a ton of money. And in the 401k, you're not going to be taxed on it. So it's just trying to get people away from the risky investments. Unfortunately, because of the fear of investing, people reach for investments that they shouldn't be investing in. Yeah. And I do want to just give some context to the comments that you're making. You are a former director of the Division of Investment Management at the SEC. And you also, under your leadership, I should say, the SEC did adopt a new rule to reform money market mutual funds. So you, this really is an issue that's very close to heart. You were there right after the Bernie Madoff scandal. And, you know, Bernie Madoff, a lot of that happened because people trusted him. He was in these affinity groups. He had validation, having been in leadership at the NASDAQ and so on. And so that is a very real thing. So thank you for bringing that 
that up. Before we wrap it up, anything more to share about the book? I mean, it's really very readable, I think. And um, it's only 150 pages, but it is packed with a lot of great information. Oh, thanks so much. It was really, this is a passion project. I, financial literacy is something I believe in deeply. I'm starting a nonprofit organization to pursue that mission of trying to get these messages out there. And I'd love to do, if anyone wants to do an event, you know, I'd be happy to come and bring books and just give them away. Frankly, I, I want this message to get out there. And it's, it's really something I feel very, very strongly about. Well, that is a very generous offer. Where can people follow you on social media and be in touch with you for that? Go to normchamp.com. So normchamp, all one word, dot com. You'll see both books on there. And then there is a link where you can contact me. And I'd, I'd be happy to do community events, church groups, any kind of event, libraries. I've done many library talks. Uh, so and happy to, to come into any group, however big or small. <laughs> Wonderful. And your social channels? I'm sorry. Twitter is at normbchamp. But on normchamp.com, you can find all the social feeds, too. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Let us know how you liked this episode and what you want to hear in the future. DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 and on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And get on the Grown Up list for monthly fun ideas on how to live a grown up lifestyle. You can sign up for free at my website, BobbyRebel.com. Big thanks to Norm Champ for helping us all be financial grown ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.